following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand off, Elliott plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it, and he bangs it in for the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. It's another edition of Talking Cowboys here from the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco. It's not only a TCT, Heckma Harrison, it is a minicamp. TCT because yeah. mini camp, mandatory mini camps are underway today from the star in Frisco. The next three days, a preview to what Oxnard will be coming up in the latter parts of July. But then we hit a bit of a break. We hit this mini camp and then we hit a break. And so we're going to break it down for you today, as always, alongside my great buddy, Heckma Harrison. And that's it. That's the only two people in the studio. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all we've got. We had an earlier show today because of minicamp, because the schedule gets pushed up, and Mike McCarthy has a press conference, and then we've got uh, practice at 1130 that the media is able to go out and watch. But uh, I guess we were the only ones that got the memo today. Yeah, it, it seems as, as though that is the case. But, man, like you said, man, this is a, this is a great day. It's a great day. Minicamp. Is on and uh, Rob P. Island. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello. Yeah, he's in here. But he was doing actual work, so we, we give him flack. But but no, I mean it's just literally today is that day mandatory. So everybody, all hands on deck. It's been voluntary, fallen, air quote <laughs> voluntary before, but now all hands on deck. Everyone's got to be here. I'm just excited that obviously now media is able to be back in the building and it's just starting to feel so much more rec- normal. The, no- the, the and, and I I almost hesitate to say that because it's like as soon as you say things are feeling normal again, something happens. But mm-hmm. it really does. It feels good to have this access to be able to watch practice in person, be able to listen to these interviews after practice. It's just awesome, man. It's just it's a vibe, a buzz in the building that set off the fire alarms, P. So last call for us. <laughs> yeah, fire alarm. That was that was that was fun. I I was trying to finish up something on the website. Yeah, and now I'm here, and I've got a little bit of news. Uh oh. Break it down. Is it one, good news? One, yeah. Dalton Schultz is back. <laughs> he is back in the building. He will participate in the mandatory mini camp. Uh, he, I guess he would have been subject to fines had he not been, but we'll see if that leads to contract talks and more intensified contract talks. The other thing is I'm in shorts. Hex in a Hawaiian shirt. We're yep. all going to be out. I'm in shorts, too. On. Yeah, yep. we're all ready. This is an indoor practice today. Yeah. This is an indoor practice today. Yeah, and it, which might be kind of cold inside Ford Center. By the time we get <laughs> outside it, for like 11, 30, 12 o'clock practice, it's going to be 90 degrees, which means it's probably going to be 110 yeah. out there on the field. So I think Mike decided, mm, let's let's just do this. Not today. Uh, not today. Well, not that today. makes me think that throughout the week they would be inside as well because it's not supposed to get any cooler i mean it's not supposed to cool down at all great point so if they're not out there today they may they may push it for a day i i would anticipate maybe one day they'll go out there they're not going to tell us what day it is so we'll be in shorts all week long and then we'll figure it out as soon as we get in the building and we look outside and then on the practice field it's uh uh-oh there's there's nothing out there because i walked in that was the first thing i saw was just not uh 
And I wasn't expecting that. And I wasn't expecting that. That's the first thing that I noticed. Uh, when I looked, I'm like, wait a minute. There are not any pads out there. Please, can I have your attention, please? Please just keep going. We're getting an emergency alarm. I thought that was a drop from Chris. No, I did too. That is not a drop from me. That is not here. I wish it was. Oh gosh, what are you doing to a CB? This is our emergency break. Isaiah is trying to talk to. He's talking with Jerry Madelon, who's been here the last couple of days, giving great insight to to all of the on-air talent. And he just walked by, tried to get in the door, couldn't, and then they just kept going. I went to open the door for them, and they were going down the hall. So Business calls. Isaiah will be here at some point, everybody. Well. Dalton Schultz is probably the biggest news. You mentioned it a moment ago. He is anticipated to get back into these mandatory minicamps and make things happen uh, on the field. But off the field, it said that talks have been intensifying. Have you heard something similar of the sort? Yeah, I don't know how much, uh, but talking to people last week when he wasn't here, you know they want to get a deal done. That that's on the Cowboys side. Now there hasn't been a lot of movement to this point. Obviously not enough for him to feel like I got to make a point last week and not show up. But I do think that's something the Cowboys want to work towards. Now it's under a month. Now they've got I think 29 days to get it done or 31 days to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see if Dak Prescott didn't get a long term deal done in 2020. Then nothing's off the table. Like it wouldn't surprise me if they don't get it done, but I do think it's something the Cowboys want to work towards because they do value what he brings to the table, obviously, and it would help them from a salary cap perspective too to try to um, you know maybe lessen their cap hit, cap hit, create some more space going forward. How's it going, Isaiah? Hello, Kyle. How are you, sir? I'm great. How about you? I'm fantabuloso. Good. Did you have a good chat with Jerry? Yeah, G-Man, man. Love to see him, man. Obviously, we talk on the phone all the time, but it's always good to have your coach in person. This is the first time that y'all have gotten yeah, to meet man. Jerry. I know you met him back in the day, but did y'all meet him? Yeah, yeah. We've met a number of times before. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I mean, but this, this back-to-back days with amazing shirts. I, I love just, it. Oh, it's nothing, man. This whole thing. Uh, I mean, it's something. It's nice. Got a cord. What's the, what's the thread count on that? I mean, that I looks know. soft and supple. <laughs> soft and supple. So over over 9,000. <laughs> Yeah, no. Over 9,000. Definitely. I don't think he does thread counts. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Chris. I, I really that's kind of a backhand. No, no, that's, no, no. No, no. Him and I are the same. We do like price tags. <laughs> no. It's a low price tag. We'll wear it. We'll take it. Got it. Same. Mm. Same. Right on there. All right. Let's, let's preview this mini camp because specifically fans out there, they want every single ounce. What's up? I'm sorry, and I don't mean to stop you. Mm-hmm. This is but an this, interruption. It is. It is. You did a celebrity uh, yeah. home run thing. We're not just going to go no, off. I play like I was, 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 was going to hit this in the second segment. Oh, you were? Yeah. yeah. My bad. Since everybody was late, there. I was going to hit it in the second he segment. He threw it out there. My bad. Yeah, I play like trash. Yeah. Yeah, I was disappointed. He struck out in the celebrity No, I did, I did not strike out. Yes, you did. No, I did not. <laughs> yeah, you hit oh, two foul balls. That's a no, strikeout, that's definitely sir. definitely not a strikeout. That's definitely not a strikeout. It's a strikeout. <laughs> it's I made contact. Ken Hamlin struck did you, out. Did you put the ball in play? Wait, wait. I did. No, you, you didn't. Did. Okay. Because you, you can one out of two times. Because you can hit no, the ball and still strike out. You, you left, foul you left off before the second time. You fouled off both? Yeah, you left before the second one. Oh, so you struck out in the first at bat. No, I fouled out. I have. There's an, a foul out and there's a strikeout. Oh, it's two different things, it. Kyle. Stop it. It's the strikeout. Strike the ball. Strike out and foul out. Two separate things. It was, yes, it was a toss. I got video hey, evidence a fight of this. In the studio, I, a, I fouled out. I guess we're just <laughs> doing this two in the foul ball. We're just doing this in the first segment. Yeah, we're going to do it yeah, in the first fine. segment. It's fine. I hit two foul balls in my first up. And my second up, I hit it into the outfield and it was a pop up. So I had a bad outing as an offensive player. That's okay. 
I made make some a good, good play defensively. Plays. I yeah. threw somebody out at home. Yeah. Okay, I made a couple good catches, but that's expected. You're supposed to do that. We I didn't so. hit well. Who was, I was disappointed. Who was pitching? Who do we have pitching? I think uh, Kevin Minch, I think, was pitching. Okay. Yeah. Former pro, mm-hmm. former big leaguer. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He was it was underhand, though. And we also had Still, Cole. you know, that's. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't hit that. So, you know. Yes, you could. You know, I'm <laughs> sure you could. No, man. You got it. I didn't get past T ball, so I'm not part of this. <laughs> I'm not part of this discussion. So, yeah, I'll let you guys down. So, I apologize. I'll make it up another day. Sorry, man. Um, you know this. I was, I was, trust me, nobody was harder on themselves than I was. Hmm. I can tell. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't like not performing. I just, I just wanted to know. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, you yeah. ease in here, and I've been waiting to hear about the Man, outcome listen, of the celebrity baseball game. I was looking forward to coming in here and and just boasting, but I didn't do it. <laughs> in past years, I've been freaking amazing. This past year, I just wasn't. I'm not going to make any excuses. Too many mine. Too many. Just mine. didn't do well. Mm. Just didn't do well. But yeah. The uh, we'll we'll hit reliant. And we'll hit Green Foundation at the start of the second segment, just okay. for for people that are are listening and want to hear about mini camp specifically. But yeah, it wasn't a great outing. No, it wasn't. There were a lot of great Cowboys out there, though. Former Cowboys. Yeah. And, yeah, I got and, to hang out with a lot of my old my old boys. Uh, Ken Hamlin, yeah. Evan Oglesby. Uh, some nice. Good dudes out it's there. all for a great cause. Absolutely, absolutely. So, that was good stuff. Yeah, really, really cool day at the ballpark. And we'll hit the Green Family Foundation, which we mm-hmm. talked about in our last episode, coming up here in a little bit. But let's talk about mini camp specifically. Like I said. Because fans want to know what to expect. And and honestly, we are having that same conversation in the room here. What are we expecting out of minicamp? And uh, Mike McCarthy's been very adamant about the GPS systems and about putting players through the right amount of work throughout his career here with the Cowboys. But Rob, when you look at a, a, a three-day stretch like this where you're having camp-esque practices without the pads, but still a, a high-intensity, high-work level. What are you expecting from these next couple of days and how that could lead into a bit of a break before Oxnard? You know, honestly, I don't think it's a whole lot different than OTAs. The main difference is contractually. You, if you don't show up, Dalton Schultz, who is here, then, you're yeah, you're subject to a fine. Other than that, I think no pads, the pace of practice, like you said, the intensity, I think is pretty much the same. As OTAs. Now, I will say, if you go back to last week, there were guys, he was, he was being, like to your point, he was being mindful of guys' reps last week. There were certain vets that did not take part in some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think it was really injury related, too. I'm thinking about you know, some of the offensive linemen Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Jaron Kurz, guys, he's being mindful of guys' reps. And he did mention last week, Mike McCarthy, that there's a rookie wall that's present already for guys after eight installs heading into OTA. So I think that's he's mindful of that too. So I think there's probably somewhat of a review of the of the installs and some competitive stuff. We'll see how it's scripted, but I, I don't think it's a, a heck of a lot different than what we've seen the last three weeks. What do you expect to see out there specifically? You know, I, I think one the way that OTAs has changed, um, probably a lot less physical than back when, when you played. So, you know, I think for, like, say, for instance, for the defense, it's all about reading, reacting, having your keys. Now you've been in the system for two years. And I think for Dan Quinn, that's all he wants to see. Mm-hmm. He wants to see his guys in different scenarios, different sets. How do we cover bunch? How do we cover trips? How do we cover twins? Things like that. You know, in the defense, I've seen a lot of guys moving around. So uh, I think that position flex that we talk about, we're starting to see a lot of that become apparent with guys like Chauncey Goldston. How does Fowl, Dante Fowler, you know, his impact on this defense, him being able to upload what, you know, Dan Quinn has been teaching. But I think for me, I want to see this team because coaches always say, I don't coach penalties. 
This is a team that was the most penalized team in the NFL last year, and holding penalties plagued them. You just go back to the playoff game, um, and, which has a, a bad taste in everyone's mouth. You know, those penalties really was the difference in the game, although all you can think of is Dak running out of time in, on that last play. But seriously, these are just the things that I think that this team has to go into this season thinking – we got to clean up some of these penalties, but for the defense, it's just the read and react portion of it. Yeah, I think so that the fans understand the the, the priority during minicamp is just the expectation levels raised, right? We expect you now to understand what you're supposed to be doing. We expect you now to apply the install that we've done over the past however many weeks. We expect you to have that tightened down now, right? Like, you can't make those same mistakes. You can't say you don't know. You can't say that you forgot. You can't line up incorrectly. You can't make the wrong read. The expectation now is that this is a, a, a rough draft of what we're going to hit at the end of July here. And you need to have these things tightened down. So it's kind of like your, it's kind of like a midterm, right? It's kind of like a midterm. Like it's not your final grade, right? But it's gonna give us but a great kinda. idea. It's gonna give us a great idea of what to expect here towards the end of the, towards when it actually matters. And that's exactly where these guys are at right now. So guys are. They should be in shape now, right? There shouldn't there shouldn't be guys out there huffing and puffing in terms of where they were weeks ago, you know. Yeah. So there's no conditioning element to it, and there's no mental failure. There shouldn't be at least no mental fatigue. You should know exactly what you need to be doing, and you should be in a position physically and mentally in order in in position to be able to to execute it. But Isaiah, for the average fan that doesn't know and understand what all of that means for the season, like everything that you're talking about, what is yeah. that? What is how does that help your team? success-wise when the season comes around. Yeah, so, I mean, just imagine if we all were in here playing the same position, okay? And, you know, say, you know, that side of the room is all vets and we're all the rookies over here. Guess what? What we've done in OTAs, okay, cool. We, You guys have less grace. We have more grace because we're the rookies, right, in terms of us being able to learn and come in and adapt and all that jazz. Mini camps, oh, now the rookies, we expect you to perform like like the vets. Not quite like the vets, right? But you, we need to see some hint that you guys should be on the same on the same playing field, right? And if we don't see that, ah, now I have idea of where guys are going to be slotted mm-hmm. once we get to camp. Because once we get to camp, we got a couple weeks of practice, and guess what? We got games. Yeah. So I don't have time to be fooling around trying to figure out if you're ready to go. This gives me a great snapshot of whether or not I could put you in a position to play with the big boys on the other side of the room. Yeah, because Mike McCarthy talked about. He said last year I played more rookies early than I ever have in my career and when you think about all the guys especially on defense that did that and made those contributions that's a credit to what they were able to apply this time yeah last year um so they've got to be able to to catch up because that's the other thing he talks about there's a gap right now mm-hmm. between the rookie class and what the vets can do exactly. how quickly can they catch up how much can they show what they're doing well at this point heading in and heck's right with the penalties like Matt will let's go the fourth round draft pick I want to say it was either rookie camp or early in OTAs. He had a penalty. He got taken out. Now, Mike said that was something he does going all the way back to Green Bay. But clearly, clearly it's an emphasis because to a certain extent, they beat themselves last year with some of the just kind of getting out of their own head. Now, you mentioned some of the youth and and how that youth was successful last year. When you're a young player... There's so many steps along the way till you finally get to training camp. There's the the OTAs, there's the rookie mini camp, and there's of course the mini camp. Which one is the toughest from a an informational standpoint? Because you're drinking from a fire hose all summer long, trying to get a playbook ready, trying to get in the right place at the right time. But now, like you said, that that expectation has risen. It would make me think that mini camp would be the toughest on young players, or is it another part of the offseason? It's a good question. I would say that from the self 
applied pressure, I would say that OTAs and you know minicamp is probably the the most um, even level. Yeah, you know that's your in terms of rookies coming in and applying pressure onto themselves. Right, yeah. I'm coming out. I'm trying to impress. I'm trying to learn. Right, I'm trying to get in shape. All these kind of all these different pressures. Right, these different elements. That's all taking place at OTAs and minicamp. Now, when you get the training camp, it's a whole different type of pressure because now it's the expectation. Mm-hmm. Right, the portion I just talked about. Now I've been through all that. I've been able to get in shape. I've been able to learn the system. But now we have to do it, and it matters because mm-hmm. you know. Two weeks we're playing a game. You yeah, know, there's it, no wasted there's reps. There's no wasted reps, right? right? I don't have time for you to be. I, it sounds bad, but I don't have time for you to be trying to develop because there's only so many plays we have in practice, right? We're running 60 plays. I don't have time to be giving you 10, 15 plays. I got to get these cats ready to play. Yeah. Right? So if you're ready to roll, cool, I'll roll you in there. That's what I'm talking about as far as those guys looking like they should be on the same playing field. I'm giving OTAs, minicamp gives you a snapshot of whether or not these guys are ready to compete with those vets on your team. And if you're not, then guess what? I now know you're going to get that third team reps. You're going to get those second team reps because the first team has to get ready to play a game. Heckman, when you've been out there watching practices, is there anybody that in that rookie class has already looked like they're a step ahead of the game? I'm going to say Tyler Smith just based off of aesthetics. You know, he's a big kid. Um, he big man, uh, and, you know, he moves well. He has the most pressure on him, I mean, because yep. the Cowboys got to know that they're right about their 24th pick. And, you you know, you, just if we're talking about pressure, he has a, a ton of it on him, and he also has Conor McGovern, right, breathing down his neck. So there's, there's going to be a lot of competition, like you always talk about, man. I want to see the competition, mm-hmm. guys competing for this starting spot at the left guard, but the Cowboys got to know that they were right about him. Yep. And they got to find this out. That's why everything that you were pointing to mm-hmm. – about the conditioning, the disciplines, all of those things. For me, it's just allowing these guys to play fast. He's already that guy that you project as, is he a guard? Is he a tackle? Well, he's a left guard from now and all the way through Oxnard and the season starting. Can he adapt to what they're asking of him? And, and again, the bigger questions start today. He has to start filling in those blanks. Yeah, the first thing you notice about him, and it's kind of the same thing I noticed about Tyron Smith when he first came in. That's is a good comparison. It's not bad. Not bad. <laughs> it's his heavy, heavy hands. Okay? Heavy hands. Like, one of the nicknames they had they gave for Tyron early on was Hotel California because he's from L.A., and when he got your hands on you, you're gonna stay. You're not checking out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that's really that's where it came from. And and you, there were some plays in practice you've seen where he'll get his hands on somebody, Micah Parsons even, and stop. Vice play, grips. Plays over. Vice grips. Yeah. And so that's that's good for playing guard. That's what they need. They need yeah. that power inside. And I think there's there's a feeling within the building too. He might be better off playing guard right away than tackle yeah. because because of that physical skill set and that things happen faster inside. You don't have to worry about um, these outstanding edge rushers in the NFL and having to play in space as much. Yeah, it's it's definitely. I mean, if there's one player to keep an eye on, it's Tyler Smith because you want him to be in that starting lineup. Like Heckma said, you need him to be your left guard moving forward. Right now, he's taking those second team snaps. He's learning the offense. He's kind of getting into a rhythm. But the full expectation is that he's going to be the starter by the time training camp comes around. And this is the the time where he can kind of separate himself from the rest of the pack and try and work his way into that starting position. We'll continue to keep an eye on Tyler Smith moving forward. But when we come back, what second-year player can replace Randy Gregory's production? Is there somebody on this roster specifically that we have in mind? We'll answer your questions and a whole lot more when we come back with more Talking Cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes. 
which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Grisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call and teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done, get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. Join us for Juneteenth in celebration with the Dallas Cowboys and Miller Lite at the Star in Frisco. Saturday, June 18th, this upcoming Saturday, from 2 o'clock to 6 p.m. Enjoy live performances, play lawn games, and shop local black-owned businesses. For more information, you can visit thestarinfrisco.com slash Juneteenth. Great event being put on out here at the Star. If you've never been to the Star, this would be a great opportunity To see it, a great opportunity to 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 support a great cause specifically, and there's a lot of people in the building that are working really hard for this event, and it's going to be awesome. Yep. It's going to be incredible. So now, wonderful event, it. wonderful event, and uh, man, kudos and to the Dallas Cowboys mm-hmm. for yeah. uh, having this event as well. Uh, especially, you know, obviously we live in a time where where people are kind of a little off a little bit. So mm-hmm. when you have an event like this, and you're you're trying to Bring the diversity uh, to the NFL, and the NFL has obviously been struggling with that. I, I just, like I said, it's it's like it's really kudos to the Dallas Cowboys, but also Juneteenth is my wedding anniversary, Ooh. Uh, fellas. 18, Congratulations! Eighteen yeah. years. Eighteen them things on the eighteenth. Uh, uh, eighteen years. Eighteen them things yeah. on the eighteenth. On the nineteenth. On nineteenth. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. On the nineteenth. Yeah. So. There you go. We'll be Congrats. Congratulations, Mr. Hook. Yeah. So now that we do have an opportunity, how did the Green Family Foundation, the the Nibble and Mingle celebration go? It was wonderful. There was a, a host there. He had a microphone hosting the yeah. MC of the events, and he was up on the stage, and he did so many different things. It was Heckma Harrison. As you can imagine in a three-piece suit. Look at that. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah, yeah, I did. Counts. I did. I did. I did. I did. I got a Yeah, Chris, I think, I think you're alone on not looking at the thread count, yeah, my friend. Yeah, I don't know what he was talking about right there. It's cool. <laughs> we, we just tried to let that live. But no, it was wonderful. <laughs> it really was. It was wonderful. Wonderful event. And like I said, guys, we, we talked about when, when Rob was, was talking to uh, my Uncle Joe and being impacted by someone uh, that's lost their life to cancer. Like, I, I, one of the questions I asked was, like, by a show of hands, who's, who's been, in, if, if you know anyone who's been impacted by cancer and everyone, you know, raised their hand. It's just, you know that it's important to continue to uplift and support people after they have a loved one pass. And the University of North Texas has answered the call for the foundation uh, to have the scholarship. And I, I just think it's wonderful. But the night with uh, the, the Man, with the amount of, of gold jackets, the Hall of Famers that was there. Cliff Harris was there. Nice. I always say, you know, people don't understand. Like, a lot of these older players, guys like Cliff Harris, I remember him being at the foundation before. And, like, people say, hey, you know, we're only going to take a picture with the yellow jackets. And Cliff Harris would have to get out of the picture. Mm. And I'm saying to myself, like, do you know that is Captain Crash? You <laughs> lost your mind. But now... He didn't have to do that. And I mentioned that to him as well. And him and my, my uncle had, had an inside joke on that. Uh, so he never has to step out of the Hall of Fame pitches anymore. But, man, That's it's awesome. just a, a great event. Earl Campbell, all uh, Hall of Famers were there. you know. Mm. So it was wonderful. Cool. That's, That's awesome, outstanding. Bro. And, by the way, just because the event is over doesn't mean you can't donate to the Green Family <sighs> Foundation. Go online, greenfamilyfoundation.org. Great cause. Scholarships for, for those that deserve it. And, of course, in memoriam to uh, – a great woman at the same time. Uh, we also had the Reliant Home Run Derby last week. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. listening to this show would like to hear how that went. Over $135,000 raised to charities around by the Reliant Home Run Derby, the Dallas nice. Cowboys, and the Frisco Rough Riders. It was a fantastic night. Awesome. So much fun. Uh, Micah felt like he got the, the, the show stolen from him a little bit. Uh, By you? He hit the most homers. No. Oh. He hit the most homers. He hit 13, but Leighton Vander Esch raised the most money. So by by rule, he was the winner. So it was Leighton Vanderesh, Anthony Brown, who didn't hit a single ball in the first, and not like Homer, <laughs> didn't hit a ball in the first round. And then uh, he finished second because he just figured it out, made some adjustments, and then Micah actually finished in third. So, so real, real quick, so you and I got the chance to do the media day stuff last week. Yeah. And that's what that is, is when you, if you go to the game and you go to AT&T Stadium and all the stuff on the Jumbotron, some of the cool video stuff, when you're watching Sunday Night Football, the starting lineup video pack, Packages for all the guys, like yeah. that's where they film all that stuff. So we helped out, kind of escorting guys around to different stations. I walked with Anthony Brown for like two hours. He was so pissed off about his first round performance. Mm. Yeah. And I get, like guys are so competitive, man. It's mm. it, I love it. You just talked about it with yours too. It's yeah. it's just like because he played and he's like, man, I had to get my timing down, yeah. you know. And he still almost pulled it out. But hey, when you when you spend five hundred bucks on a bat, man, you ought to you ought to do pretty well. As Micah did, he was as entertaining as anybody. Hit two over the wall, like not the short fence, like over the wall in left field. One of them went almost into the street. Yeah. It was absolutely phenomenal. <clears throat> as for my media home run derby, I finished in third. Yeah. I didn't win. Uh, I I put on a laser show in the first round. I hit nine in the first round, so oh, wow. I was I was rolling. Yeah. Hit six in my first seven pitches. Ooh, laser so show. I was just rolling. <laughs> yeah. 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 Then 
Then the second round, because I went last because of my last name, because Wise yeah. toward the bottom of the, the alphabet. I went last, and so I had a quicker turnaround to get to that second round. Oh. I just ran out of gas, oh, man. Yeah. man. They screwed you. Huh? Yeah. No, yeah. I would. I, it's not to- totally blamed on that, because in my final round, I hit the first two, <laughs> I popped them up, got underneath them, and then I hit four out of my next five out of the yard. So yeah. I, I was at four with three outs, and I needed five to get to the final round. And I just hit the, the final two. I did it again. I popped them up. Yeah. So it happens. It's okay. It was my first one. <laughs> I, I feel his pain. I pop, yeah. I pop my eyes up too. I'm gonna turn it. around. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be right back in it. Don't you like want it to like, hurry up and come back around? Yeah, so I like, want to redeem be yourself. Again, like this. We got a long way to go. So. It was we, so we were, much man, fun. Listen, we're, so we're playing that Globe Life, and we had to hit bombs. There was no short fence and nothing. Nothing like no. that. The Rangers had to. The Rangers players, Minch and Autumn Cast, they were trying to hit them too. And Cast was warning tracking it. You know, and there was this one professional softball dude who got up there and was hitting straight bombs. Just strokes. Tanks. 430 feet. Laser just, show. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's yeah, that was show. the real laser <laughs> show. Dude. Laser show, y'all. Bombs. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's answer some questions from Cowboys Nation now that we've hit that. Uh, appreciate everybody who's been sticking around with us here over these last couple weeks. Lots of charity and lots of events going on. All right. I'm pretty sure I saw some deer antlers. Our friend, our friend Kevin says, do you see the Cowboys addressing linebacker and or wide receiver before training camp in August, he would even throw in defensive end, but he just doesn't want to push it. Rob, any of those positions stick out to you as a must-add when we get into the latter parts of the offseason? Must-add? I don't know about must-add. I would say wide receiver, no. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would add anybody. Um, linebacker, maybe. I think linebacker stands out as more of a depth <laughs> deal we talked about that yeah. but again if it's going to be a veteran it's got to be something they're comfortable with what both sides are comfortable with and who's out there left you know i know Barr is a guy people have mentioned is maybe a link to the cowboys mm-hmm. anthony Barr. that maybe that's an option but i think at wide receiver especially like i just think you know provided guys get healthy james washington is not back to practice yet maybe he gets in today we'll see mm-hmm. um jalen tolbert just got back to practice third round Oof. draft pick i think they want to kind of see how that all fits together first with Dak and then kind of reassess it if you're not happy with it. Obviously, Michael Gallup's still working his way back. What do you think, Heck? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat Isaiah to linebacker because I know that's <laughs> where he's going. But it's true. I don't think you feel comfortable with the depth right now uh, at linebacker. Um, and no matter how Dan Quinn expects to play. Yeah. Um, it's Leighton Van Der Esch has shown flashes in coverage, we know he's a great run stopper, but I, after that, you really have questions. I know I do. I know a lot of people are relying on Jabril Cox in his second season, but I think there's something to the ACL injury, how he comes back from that, and then still trying to get that rookie learning curve because it was cut off for him. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other guys that they have in, like Story Jackson, and these are completely guys that are buried, they're undrafted free agents. Can someone like that emerge uh, from that room. But Devin Harper right now, I think he is someone, and I, I talked to you about this, Kyle, while we were out there. I'm like, look, man, number 50 is moving. Yeah, like, He has some legit wills. Is he going to be able to not only be have value with his defensive reps, but also value in special teams? Um, that's what we're looking at from our linebacker package, from our linebackers. But I think at some point, 
Pete, you you gotta you gotta get another linebacker in here before you go to camp. Uh, and I, maybe they're waiting and seeing if, if there's other cuts on other teams to go with a linebacker, and that's maybe why maybe. getting Schultz signed to, to add that cap space that you may need. But they have to be looking at that. And Jabril Cox is not even practicing yet. They're they're building him towards training camp, and they're excited about him. But you're right; like he hasn't he hasn't played very much at all. And I think they're counting on him just to step in and be Keanu Neal, you know, or be mm-hmm. at least step into his role playing, you know, half the snaps. Isaiah linebacker. Now, <laughs> right? I know it's already been said, but you you need to bring in somebody to compete. You need to bring somebody in to compete. I know you have Van Der Esch coming back. I know you have Michael Parsons in there. And I know you plan on having Curse walk down in the box and be another 6'4 yeah. linebacker, whatever he is, 6'5". Okay. You need a veteran linebacker that can come in and push the envelope. You don't, even as much as you want to rely on Micah Parsons to be who he is, to be the bazooka, to make a leap again somehow, some way from year one to year two, as much as you expect Van Der Esch to be the savvy veteran that's sitting in the middle that you just re-signed for one year to come back, you need somebody to challenge both of those guys. You need somebody to push Micah Parsons in terms of his leadership, in terms of his development, because you can't just say, oh, he's going to continue to stay on that trajectory. You can't just expect that. Mm-hmm. You need somebody else for him to learn from okay and that's not to say that dq doesn't teach him that's not to say that you know that that other guys on the defensive line won't teach him you need a linebacker that he can lean on and get some tips from because as of right now he has none he has nobody at that position that he can lean on except for van der Esch, okay that he can say hey what should i do in this situation right what do you think about this He's expected to be the best, and I think that's a lot of pressure on him coming off the year that he just had. So I would love to see the Cowboys bring somebody else in that is that you know is going to be a sure thing. Yeah. It's a sure thing. He doesn't have to be a, a freaking baller, a beast. I mean, we're not talking about no, you know, Bobby Wagner's, all those guys. Those guys are gone. Mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm talking about a sure thing linebacker that everybody in the league respects. <clears throat> Minnesota has some guys, just saying, that are, that are probably still hanging around, I believe, mm-hmm. that you could bring in and say, that's somebody that he can lean on should things get rough. Or if we have a situation where somebody gets injured, now we know we don't have to guess what's the production that we're going to have. Yeah, I, that's the other thing is contingencies. Because Leighton played every game last year, I think, mm-hmm. which, you know, he's had some injury problems. And, yeah, knock on wood, he, you know, good, good for him. And I think he's re-signing him is big to help this rotation. But if something were to happen to him, then that depth takes a hit. If something happens on the defensive line like it did last year, somebody breaks their foot, Demarcus Lawrence breaks his foot in week two, oh, you can move Micah down to the edge. Ooh. Well, then how are you filling that gap? So, yeah, yeah, I think depth at linebacker is definitely something they're they're probably looking at and need to look at. And I like the point of of a veteran for Micah mm-hmm. to potentially look up to and to to kind of have that that growth continue. Yeah. Leighton Van Der Esch is 26. Luke Gifford is 26. Those are the two oldest guys in the linebacker room. Because everybody else is Jabril Cox, second-year player, Mike yeah. Parts, the second-year player, Devin Harper, rookie, Aaron Hansford, rookie, Story Jackson, rookie. That's it. That's your linebacker core right there. Boom. That's youth. There's a lot of youth yeah. there, which is not a bad thing, but it's also you would like to have somebody in there as a, like you said, a well-respected player and for depth because both of which are a massive Massive lack at the moment in that linebacker room. Uh, our friend Joe says, how make or break is this year specifically for the coaching staff? Heckma, when you look at Mike McCarthy, <laughs> Kellen Moore, there's a lot of pressure on those guys. How big of it uh, is a make or break, and what would uh, what would your expectation for a break mean? 
Man, I, I've never found I've never seen anybody find a hot seat as fast as Mike McCarthy has. Um, after the success that he had in the season, and then to have the Sean Payton rumors, I thought that was crazy. Yeah, I really did. I thought it was crazy. I thought it was disrespectful. Um, he handled it with grace and class. He didn't, you know, let them throw him off by it. Every interview that I've seen him in, he hasn't seemed like he was unnerved by it. But as a competitor. He's got to have that in his back pocket where he knows that my team underperformed in the playoffs and I have to have them ready. Guys, y'all know I binge watch these Cowboys seasons and, and I just want to figure out, hell, what it is, what's going on with these guys uh, in this offense uh, that stopped them from getting to the next level. It's just a quick – we didn't have any quick strike ability in our offense at all. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of that has been on Mike McCarthy and the, the – they're going to say Kellen Moore, but even Kellen Moore and him are tied in t- together really quickly on how this season is going to play out. So, you know, I-, I just feel as though offensively, Mike McCarthy has got to have his hand on the pulse of this offense right now uh, to make sure that this season doesn't – he doesn't have to go into those, through any of those lulls that he had last season. I think every year, unless your name is Jason Garrett, I think that you're on the hot seat here in Dallas. I mean, even he found it for a little bit. He was around for a long time. He was. <laughs> so I mean, 10 years is a long time. He was around a for a long time. time. He, him and Jerry were obviously, they were tight. Okay, so uh, he wasn't under the pressure that Mike McCarthy is because Mike McCarthy, to my understanding, Sean Payton lives within, what, a 15-mile radius from here? So there's a little bit more pressure when you have somebody that lives in the same area that is a highly regarded coach that all just happens to be a, uh, Sitting at the crib right now. Yeah, there's going to be pressure when you underperform by Dallas Cowboy standards with the roster and the health and everything else that went your way last year, and you still came up short. You're absolutely going to be in the hot seat when that dude is sitting down the road. Yeah, I mean, just just listen back to what Jerry said after the season, right after the season when they lost. You know, and, and like that's as good as he felt about a team going into the playoffs since yep. the '90s, as healthy as they were. It was a huge disappointment, like a huge, and and for Mike too. So yeah, absolutely. There's pressure. I mean, there's pressure on the coaching staff yep. every single year. Um, how hot is the seat? We got asked that on the mailbag. I don't know. I mean, yeah. you'd have to go upstairs and get inside Jerry and Stephen Jones's head to really, <laughs> really know that, and really know if the season doesn't end the way they want it to go this year. What's what are the circumstances around it? All of that. But absolutely, there's pressure. And, and you know, everybody wants to talk about maybe what they didn't do to improve the roster. I don't think that changes expectations, though. No. I think they're still expected <laughs> okay. to win the division and make a run. You start 0-2. Mm. Maybe worse than that. You start 0-2. Two home games. Two home start games. Start 0-2. Bang, bang. Woo. Bang, bang. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, it's going to heat up. I want to put the scenario It'll right heat there. Up. Are we talking Bunsen burner now? I mean, where are we on the <laughs> Yeah, It'll get there. Also, uh, reports on this medium. morning. Sorry. What were you going to say? On, yeah, I'm just set it on medium. <laughs> uh, a little bit. Uh, we'll see. Reports this morning said that uh, there were rumors around the Dolphins that pursued Sean Payton. Yeah. As their head coach, you see that number? Mm-hmm. Four years, $100 million is what they offered him. And he said no. Where's he at? Yeah, he's on the couch. Look what you can make in money in TV, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Look what Tom Brady's going to make in an amount of money. Yeah, five it, years when he finally retired. That Heckma Harrison money. Huh? And that Kyle Yeoman money. TV. He was rumored to be. I don't know if he is. They would have announced that by now, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, that's true. So he's okay. that money, and he's just sitting at the house. Yeah. Huh? We have to take our second break because we're getting cut a little bit short today because right, of Mike on. McCarthy's press conference. When we come back, we're going to continue answering your questions, including the one I teased in the first uh, going into the first break. Also, 
Is Kelvin Joseph good enough to be cornerback two? Isaiah may not believe so. We'll talk about it when we come back right after this. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone new and existing customers our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. Back to talking Cowboys. <laughs> Whether you're watching from home or you're cheering in the stands with Essilor lenses, you can see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor experts and see what Essilor can do for you. See more, do more, Essilor here on Talking Cowboys. <clears throat> Crack a cold one. High quality. A cold H2O. deja blue. High quality H2O. To our friends over at Essilor. Special thanks to Chris Beam in the back, Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans. All right, let's answer this question that I didn't get a chance to get to in that second segment. Do you think, and this is, I'm not going to be able to say this name right, uh, SpursFan1083 is the, the tag on Twitter. Do you believe, as I do, that Chauncey Golston can replace Randy Gregory's production Oh, it's Nebby. That's who asked that. Oh, hey, Nebby. Yeah, it's Nebby. Hey, Nebby. He, he tagged it with Nebby at the end. But, uh, he yeah, he says he believes Chauncey Golston can replace Randy Gregory's production. Heckman, do you believe that that's a possibility? You know, looking at, at Chauncey Golston, he, he, he damn sure looks impressive. Um, he looks like a, a guy in the second year that can have a breakout season. I think for the presence that Randy Gregory had uh, on this team last year, playmaking ability, yeah, I think that's going to be a, by committee uh, from a few guys. I don't know if we can depend on just one guy, per se, uh, to fill that gap with what Randy Gregory meant uh, to this team. It'd be, maybe it'd be unfair to expect that also. So I'm looking for – that's why I say Dante Fowler mm-hmm. uh, is going to be important. Terrell Basham, uh, guys like that are going to be important as well. So um, 
you know, I, I think that Chauncey Golston is going to have an impact. I don't know if it's going to be on the same tier as Randy Gregory. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Isaiah. Presence and production are two separate words. I don't feel that Randy Gregory was that productive. Mm-hmm. I feel like he had a great presence. I feel like people knew what he was capable of. I feel like if he, if you pissed him off and you hit his easy button, he'll run through your whole face, right, and get to the quarterback when he wanted to. Yeah. But that's not something that was always there. So can somebody, I don't know about Golson in particular, but can somebody on this roster have the same production? I do believe so. I do believe so. I think it's probably going to come in the form of Fowler. Right in terms of somebody who's going to be designated at that position, and they're asked and tasked to go get the quarterback. Randy Gregory had six sacks last year. Mm-hmm. Six. Dorrance Armstrong had five. Exactly. Yeah. So when we start talking about production, presence, production, two separate words. So production-wise, yes, I believe somebody else. And somebody else to keep your eye on, Sam Williams. I can't wait to see this dude with pads on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why Heck's talking about committee because there's a lot of guys and 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 even Randy last year like he's not playing 60 snaps. He and that is a rotation plan that Dan Quinn has. He's always had it for his defensive line. So I'm looking at Dante Fowler first, and I know like his biggest production years have been when he's had like Pro Bowl guys around him. I get it. PFF says he's had 30 pressures in each of the last two years. That's what Randy got last year. Hmm. Um, and I'm kind of looking at Dorrance Armstrong too as. Can he take another step forward? And if he does, because you said five sacks, I think he had 22 pressures, he could turn out to be kind of a money ball signing where it's like, yeah, you don't re-sign Randy for $70 million, mm-hmm. but you sign Dorrance for two years and 14. You sign Dante Fowler, and you kind of piece this thing together. Sam Williams is part of the rotation year one, and you're, you're recreating that production with three or four guys. And you look at Dorrance, Terrell Basham's in the fold again, Dante Fowler Jr., Demarcus Lawrence, Sam Williams, and then there's Golston down there at the bottom. He's going to play a lot of inside, too. I mean, that's kind of what he said. And, and uh, I mean, Heckman and I were at practice, and we were like, man, that guy's a big dude. I mean, yeah. he put on 20 pounds. I mean, and there's no doubt in my mind that it's a full 20 because he's going to play a lot of five technique. He may even slide inside and play three. Uh, he's talked about the possibility of doing that, and Dan Quinn has certainly built him to that moving into his second year so the impact will be there can the presence be there i i think i'm right there with you but great question nebby uh is kelvin joseph going to be cornerback two at some point here in his second year as well jordy jordan asked this on twitter or even if he's not Get some more reps. That's the biggest thing. He's got to get some snaps because last year he was not a huge part of this defense. But Isaiah, you, you had a great reaction when you saw Kelvin jo- or you heard the name Kelvin Joseph. Do you think he can take that second year jump? Currently, I do not. Okay. I don't have that that faith in my current state. I believe that A. Brown is still the man over there as a number two. I think he was very productive last year. You know, when people start looking at these cornerbacks, you know, they look at their productivity in the form of interceptions. This defense had a lot of them last year, but that's not the only way in which you impact this game. You impact this game by being a pest. You impact this game by by being a run stopper, by being where you're supposed to be, by using a sideline to your advantage. There's a whole lot of other areas that these cornerbacks can have impact. And I just don't feel like I've seen enough from Kelvin Joseph in that regard yet. And that's also looking at him in a special teams game. He they You started utilizing him a lot towards the in there, but I didn't see the impact. I saw a player out there, but I didn't see him having an impact at that, even in special as a specialist. So I'm looking forward to watching him in camp. 
um, if he, you know, if everything stays the way it stays right now in terms of his status, um, and seeing what his development looks like, he's in a position to compete. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I think the coaching staff wants to see him take the next step. I think they came into the season wanting to see him pressure Anthony Brown for for starter. I think Anthony Brown just played his butt off yep. and, and and kept him on the bench and made it hard for him to crack that defensive rotation. Kelvin Joseph has to work his way on the field. He has to do some things on special teams. Uh, he has to improve a lot, man. In my experience with defensive coaches, if your alignment assignment is off and you're getting beat deep, they will yank you. And especially <laughs> if you're a rookie. That is a very short leash uh, because Kelvin Joseph just doesn't have the expectation the experience yeah. uh, there. Guys like Nation Wright that we talked about during OTAs in, in training camp, we just thought that this guy was going to be someone that could pressure Anthony Brown. Again, just back to who, what the job that he did. Now, I got to ask you guys, like for Jordan Lewis, who's played a lot of slot, that's where I think the pressure for where Kelvin Joseph can be most effective if he can play inside. Mm, um, that's interesting. You know, he's been an outside guy, right, going back to college. But yeah. he's got – I mean – Look, position flexibility. No, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. We talk about it. I mean, and I understand you're one-two guy, but you need another guy to pressure there as well. And, again, Jordan Lewis did a heck of a job holding guys off because going into camp, he also had some pressure. So, look, for, for Kelvin Joseph, and he's had a really bad offseason for his optics, you know, is his reliability going to be there? There's got to be some maturity issue questions that they ask as well. But he's going to have to do a lot to show this coaching staff that he can be relied upon. Yeah, I think we're, we're talking just from a strictly football perspective because you mentioned there's a legal matter we'll go back to the spring we talked about it he hasn't been arrested or charged or anything but we know from history the NFL can look into things too and maybe hand down a suspension or fine you never know so there that's always looming out there but just from a football perspective like I I think Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis you could argue had career seasons last year like they yeah maybe they felt the pressure and they they delivered and played the best of their career so I don't really see Kelvin Joseph holding either guy off. Um, but I do think he's got talent, and I think he missed a lot of time last year that probably set him back. And so I think he's somebody to watch that maybe – because you saw it a little bit late in the season. You saw him kind of getting there in, in certain packages, and maybe that will continue. He played 165 defensive snaps last season. That is a number that needs to go up. I mean, quite yeah. a bit. Doesn't mean he could be the starter, kind of like what you guys are saying. If you want Anthony Brown and you want Jordan Lewis – to play as well as they did last year. However, you also want Kelvin Joseph to play at a higher level, so that way you have four guys that you really feel comfortable interchanging and, and, and going up against some of the better wide receivers in the NFL, and that's exactly what you have with the secondary if they all play at a high level. But that does it for us here on Talking Cowboys. Got to get out of here a no, little bit early fast. today. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Who's kicking us off the air? Yeah, honestly? Nobody's kicking and us off. The, the head coach. You, who's, oh. a, who's a lock? The who's head a coach. lock? Who's, 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 who's challenging at yeah. positions right yeah. now? Double M, really? I mean, come on. Yeah, we could talk about all this, but we'll talk about it at a, at a later date. We'll yeah. save it. There's a lot of stuff we can talk Oxnard. about. Oxnard. Maybe an Oxnard. <laughs> maybe next week. Who knows? I don't know when we're la- our last show is. They haven't uh, officially Oxnard said will be it. The, the, this is your last show. This is the last what show. This is the last show. Wow. Thanks. No, nobody told me. <laughs> so. Chris has no tact at all. Jeez. No. This is it. Chris like, I'm going on vacation. Yeah, yeah. Chris is like, get out of here. No, count, no, you know? no, no. That'd be Jared. Jared always <laughs> <laughs> tell you this is the last week. Minicamp's last week. Do we don't have any extra Deja Blues to crack over. Yeah, there's some over yeah, there. High quality. Yeah. High quality. Guys, to another season. 
We will it's see. It's like the you. end of school. It is the end of school, Last and I didn't know it was coming. <laughs> that just but happened. Everybody, it's been fun. We will see you next time on Talking Cowboys. Everybody that listens to Talking Cowboys, you are the greatest. For Chris Beam, for Rob Phillips, Isaiah Stanback, Heckma Harrison, I'm Kyle Yeomans. We'll see you next time on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!